Good morning. Uh, my name is Dan Koop Lichty, and it's my pleasure to be here as Director of Alumni Engagement. We want to warmly welcome all the alumni and families of current students, grandparents, parents, and siblings who are here this weekend. Thanks so much for making the effort to be here. Today we're privileged to learn a bit more about a few of our many outstanding alumni. First, though, I'm pleased to introduce the members of the Alumni Council who are here on campus for their semi-annual meetings. I'd ask them to stand, please. Thanks for your service. I also want to give special, special thanks to Jair Hernandez, who has served as the chair of the Alumni Council for the past two years. Jair is a 2013 GC grad, but he started on the council as a student representative in his senior year and has been on ever since, so quite a while. It's been wonderful to have him. Jair has been a steadfast member of the council, always asking the hard questions and never wavering in his support of GC. He truly bleeds purple. These are his last meetings and he will be dearly missed. I'd like to please have Jair stand. Thank you. I now ask Dr. Erica Albertine, GC Director of Athletics, to come to the stage. She's going to tell us more about the champions of character honors that are given each year to uh, truly worthy awardees. Good morning, Maple Leafs. Thank you, Dan, for the invitation to come and speak about the Athletic Awards. The Maple Leaf Athletic Club's Champion of Character Awards are named in honor of two pioneers of intercollegiate athletics here at Goshen College, Dr. Ruth Gundon and Dr. Roman Gingrich. These awards were created to recognize former Goshen College student athletes who have gone on to exemplify the NAIA's Champions of Character core values. These are integrity, respect, sportsmanship, responsibility, and servant leadership. This year, we especially recognize Dr. Ruth Gundins, Professor Emetera of Physical Education and Director Emetera of International Education at Goshen College, who passed away on March 25th in Goshen at age 90. Gundin served as a professor of physical education from 1953 to 1994 and coach women's basketball, volleyball, and tennis. She also served as the Director of International Education from 1987 through her retirement. The Ruth Gundon Gymnasium and the College's Recreation Fitness Center and the Ruth Gundon Champions of Character Alumni Award are both named in her honor. Please join me in a moment of silence remembering Dr. Ruth Gundon. Thank you. For our Champions of Character Awards, the two individuals recognized today and the two who the awards were named after are fantastic representatives and role models for our current and our future student athletes. At this time, I'll ask President Rebecca Stolzfus to come to the stage to recognize the 2021 Champions of Character awardees. Good morning. Thank you, Erica. 
So I'm going to introduce the, the two awardees of the uh, Champion of Character Award. Um, and I'm going to begin with Todd Woodworth. So Todd, if you could stand up so that we can see who you are and learn a bit about you. Todd is the recipient of this year's Dr. Roman Gingrich Champion of Character Award. If you know Todd, and many of us do, you know that he loves soccer. As a student athlete in the late 70s, he was a key part of the conference championship men's soccer team his sophomore year and the district championship teams his junior and senior years. Off the field, Todd traveled to Honduras for a study service term where he also fell in love with the Spanish language. After graduating from Goshen, he earned a master's degree in physical education with additional accreditation in Spanish. For 33 years, Todd dedicated his time to coaching high school soccer while teaching Spanish for 29 years and physical education for four years alongside his coaching. He founded the Northridge High School Boys Soccer Program in Middlebury down the road in 1990. And in 2014, on the eve of his retirement, they honored his 24 years of coaching there by naming the soccer field in his honor. And since retiring, Todd spends time farming with his sons at their family farm in Shipshawana, Indiana. Todd lives in Goshen with his wife, Diane, class of 78, and they have three adult children, Jesse, class of 07, Luke, class of 2010, and Clara, class of 2017. Congratulations, Todd. And as the Ruth Gundon Championship of Character Award winner, we want to honor Kristen Parson. Kristen, would you stand, please? Many of you might know Kristen, or KP, from Bethany Christian High School, just down the road, where she's a guidance counselor, physical education teacher, and has coached softball and girls basketball during her 16 plus years there. You might not know that she's also Goshen College's record holder in women's basketball for the most assists, 610, and steals, 318, and among the top 10 for career points, I have to just say this number, 1,277 career points in basketball at Goshen College. Yeah. <laughs> Free throws, three-pointers, and three-pointer percentage. As a softball player at GC, KP was both an all-conference catcher and an all-region catcher, still holding program career records for 148 runs scored, 204 hits, and eight triples. In 2001, KP and the JC softball team won the conference championship for the first and only time in Goshen College history, making an incredible and surprising comeback against Indiana Wesleyan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, as the head girls basketball coach at Bethany High School, she holds the program record of most wins there, 155 wins so far, and is the longest serving high school head coach in Elkhart County, having started in 2006. KP earned a, a master's degree in counseling and development from Lamar University in 2019. She lives here in Goshen and is the legal guardian for her two nephews, Isaiah and Zane and she is joined here um, by her parents this morning. Congratulations, Kristen.
Now I'd like to welcome Jair Hernandez to the stage to tell us a little bit about the next set of awards. Thank you, President Stoltzfus. Good morning. Um, the Culture for Service and the Young Alumni Servant Leadership Awards were established by the Goshen College Alumni Association to honor alumni and recognize, to honor and recognize the achievements of Goshen College alums who exemplify the college's motto of culture for service and who live out the core values of Goshen College. Goshen College is a special place. What you learn here, what you become here, the ideas, the seeds of ideas that are sown here will live and grow with you for a long time after you leave Goshen College. For every award that we hand out here today, there are so many other alumni doing important work, helping and shape, shape and form the culture in which they find themselves and serving others in small and large ways. These alumni reside all over the world and represent all of our previous graduating classes. And they all exemplify culture for service. What we do here today is a testament to these alumni and especially to the three award recipients here today. I now invite President Stoltzfus back on to recognize and honor the award recipients. Thank you. So as somebody who's devoted a career of research and teaching in global health, um, you will notice, I noticed with some delight, that we have a global health theme happening, um, I don't think by design, in our Culture for Service awardees today. I want to begin by um, introducing Rebecca Shetler Fast. Rebecca, can you stand? She, together with her husband, Paul Shetler Fast, are the recipients of our Young Alumni Award. Paul and Rebecca Shetler Fast um, met right here at Goshen College, and they really got to know each other in the spring of 2005 while they were doing SST in Ethiopia, where they both served with the Ethiopian Mennonite Church's HIV AIDS program. After graduating in 2008 and getting married, Paul attended the University of Pittsburgh Graduate School of Public Health and International Affairs for his master's degree, and then earned a second master's degree from the University of Pittsburgh Graduate School of Public Health. During this time, Rebecca also earned her master's degree in social work from California University of Pennsylvania. Both worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs before accepting a five-year volunteer term in Haiti as co-country directors with Mennonite Central Committee, and they began that work in 2015. Following Hurricane Matthew, in 2016, Paul and Rebecca worked to pilot a new model for water, sanitation, and hygiene programming to combat cholera in the country. And these efforts contributed to the elimination of cholera in all participating communities in Haiti within six months of implementation. We who live in Goshen are really pleased that Paul and Rebecca have returned to this community, seeking out new ways to empower others locally. Paul is now the Global Health Coordinator for Mennonite Central Committee and is pursuing his PhD in Public Health from Indiana University's School of Public Health. And Rebecca directs the source, Elkhart County's Public Children's Mental Health Network based at Oak Lawn. Paul and Rebecca live here in Goshen with their children, Madeline and Gideon. Congratulations, Rebecca.
I next want to introduce to you um, Dr. Franklin Baer. Our first Culture for Service Award winner is Frank Baer, a 1972 Goshen College graduate with a degree in biology and natural sciences. Franklin has devoted his life to international health care, having worked with programs in 30 countries over the span of his 35-year career. Franklin traces much of his formative experience prior to his work with global health back to Goshen, where he says he was shaped significantly in terms of beliefs, spirit, culture, and service. After graduation, Franklin and his wife, Retha Yoderbear, who's with us also this morning, a part of the class of 1971, celebrating her 50th reunion here, volunteered with the Teachers Abroad program in Zaire, which is now the Democratic Republic of Congo, through Mennonite Central Committee. They both earned diplomas from the Antwerp School of Tropical Medicine in Belgium, and Franklin went on to get his master's degree in tropical medicine from Johns Hopkins in 1976 and his doctoral degree in public health from Tulane University in 1982. In the 1980s, Franklin served as the project manager of the USAID-funded Sanru Basic Rural Health Project in Zaire, where he was a founding member and served as vice president. And he and um, Retha lived in Zaire for 20 years. When he returned, he became a freelance consultant specializing in consensus building, integrated design, leadership training, and participatory evaluation of primary healthcare systems in collaboration with faith-based organizations and non-governmental organizations. In 2017, he was awarded the Christian International Health Champion Award by the Christian Connections for International Health for his dedication to global health from a Christian perspective. In 2019, he received the Global Achievement Award from Johns Hopkins University. Today, Franklin continues to build bridges across diverse groups, strengthening health systems through design, management, leadership training, and creativity. Congratulations, Dr. Baer. And lastly, I want to introduce you to Dr. Shashi Bouloussoir. In the late 1980s, Shashi came to Goshen College from Kolkata, India to study computer science and business. At GC, he said that he was exposed for the first time to the idea that service can and should be a core tenet of not just education, but life in general. After graduating from Goshen College in 1990, Shashi earned a master's degree in business administration from Northwestern University in Chicago and a PhD in artificial intelligence from the University of Massachusetts. Shashi is currently the CEO of Global Health Labs, a new nonprofit organization created by Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation to develop scientific and technological innovations for global health. He has consulted with international NGOs, foundations, governments, social entrepreneurs, and the United Nations, and pioneered the Institute for Transformative Technologies, bringing to life breakthrough technological solutions for combating global poverty. He is also the principal author of the 50 Breakthroughs Study, which I remember reading when I was um, at Johns Hopkins University, um, which has been recognized by the UN Commission on Science and Technology for Development as a technology roadmap for the Sustainable Development Goals. He is currently a lecturer 
in social impact and entrepreneurship at the University of California, Berkeley. Shashi is a true Renaissance man. Being, beyond being a visionary for global development, Shashi spent a decade competing on the Indian national rowing team and made a critically acclaimed documentary film about the India-Pakistan conflict and cricket diplomacy. He has also co-edited a widely read book on gendered violence in the context of civil war and conflict in South Asia. Congratulations, Dr. Bulaswar. And now I would like to invite our three Culture for Service awardees to uh, speak to us through some brief comments in the order in which they were introduced. Good morning. It's good to be back here. Thank you for this opportunity and my congratulations to my fellow award winners. My husband can't be here today. He's presenting a paper at another conference. My time at Goshen College was pivotal in shaping who I am today, shaping my beliefs about the world and my place in it. To give you a window into why my experience at Goshen was so transformative for me, I want to share a story about my time in SST in Ethiopia and what it taught me. I did the service component of my SST in a women's prison. My role was to learn about the women's experience, build relationships, and provide emotional support. The women's prison was really bleak. It was a terrible place for the women and their children who lived there. There were no bathrooms, food wasn't provided, water wasn't potable, safe to drink. The women and their children were often very sick and the physical living conditions were awful. I remember one woman saying something to the extent that animals are treated better than us. It was a terrible place filled with human suffering, and it felt to me like these women's lives were tragic and hopeless. Getting caught in a prison riot on one visit was an experience that fundamentally shifted my perceptions of these women, their courage, and their resiliency. It felt like a normal visit to the prison one morning when I started to hear screaming and banging on the cells. Sirens were going off. The air was thick with dust, people were running all around, and guards had their guns out and were yelling. The riot consumed the prison, and I was caught in the middle of it. And in the chaos of the riot, a number of guards began taking advantage of the situation and trying to harm the women. I'll never forget lying on the dirt beside this group of women and children taking shelter from the guards, trying to catch my breath after a woman had pulled me away from the guard. The oldest woman in prison was standing in front of us, shaking her finger at that guard and yelling at them for shame. The courage that those women showed that day, their willingness to protect me at the risk to themselves, was a pivotal lesson for me. It taught me the importance of always looking for the resilience and strength that all people have, no matter how bleak and hopeless their situation might seem. Since then, I've made it a career to look for resilience in unlikely places. I've done a lot of this by working with people closest to trauma. I've worked with parents who abuse their children, yet still have the ability to learn new parenting techniques. I worked with combat veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder who had it in themselves to heal. I walked, 
I walked alongside Haitians who survived natural and human-made disasters, but whose deep faith allowed them to find meaning in a context heavy with pain and with trauma. And in my work in Elkhart County, I'll end with a recent anecdote of community resilience. If you've been following the local news, you'll know that it is an incredibly divisive time in our community. Culture wars plague our health departments, our schools, our libraries, our faith institutions. And it's also been a really violent and scary time for many in our community. Some of the highest numbers of recorded violent deaths for young people, particularly children and youth of color. And then of course there's the impact of COVID itself. Yet in the midst of all this, two days ago, leaders from 47 organizations came together to share data because they share a common belief that the suffering of any child in Elkhart County is our collective problem that we must own and we must address together. Faith leaders sat by elected officials, school leaders sat beside police chiefs, nonprofit leaders beside industry executives. All there, not because they agreed on everything, but because they agreed on some of the most important things. Every child is important. Organizational walls should not stand in the way of collaboration and joint action, and that we are all fundamentally interconnected. Those women in prison in Ethiopia taught me to look for resilience in unlikely places at unlikely times. What I learned at Goshen that I've taken with me is that our ability to make change is much less about what we as individuals bring to the table, but what we see in one another, what we bring out in each other, and what we can accomplish together. Thank you. When I came to Goshen in 1986 as a biology major, I was somewhat nervous and nerdish. I was looking forward to challenging courses in the hard sciences, but also intrigued by the option of taking classes in the liberal arts. I was not disappointed. My brain was quickly immersed in a stimulating environment of professors, courses, and professors, such as Roy Umble and Mary Oyer, giants in their respective fields who exemplify to the max the enthusiasm and joy of Goshen's learning environment. As I was preparing this talk, I came across an article written by Goshen's former president, Shirley Showalter, she wrote, we need to tell stories of our giants gone before. Listen to their students talk about how one sentence, one gesture, one kind or challenging word changed their lives forever. I'd like therefore to share some challenging, life-changing words that I received from three college giants, Frank Bishop, Stanley Shank, and Jonathan Roth. I chose them because during my time at Goshen, I had the opportunity to work with each one of them as their teaching assistant. During a summer botany course with Frank Bishop, 
we were studying flower parts. And I recall him saying, take a close look. Look very closely. And so I did. And I was wonderstruck by the microscopic beauty of flowers as an exquisite combination of science and art. That's an image that I'll never forget. Stanley Shank is truly known for one word, inductive. He was an expert in studying the Bible inductively. He taught us to study Old Testament verses in great detail to derive insights. This approach requires both sides of the brain, first to identify patterns within details, and then to formulate them into bigger ideas. I found many opportunities to use this inductive approach during my career. John Roth led our marine biology course. I recall an evening beachside chat for the students when he picked up a conch shell and said something like this, uh, think like a hermit crab. Pick your shell carefully. Don't be fooled by imitations. Don't pick a shell too small for your dream or too large for your abilities. And always be on the lookout to move up to a bigger shell. Since graduation, I've sh changed shells many times. The first was getting married and at the same time joining MCC's Teachers Abroad program. On our way to Africa, we got to spend our honeymoon in Europe to learn French. In addition, Rita, who is a nurse, was required to take a four-month course in tropical medicine. I took the course with her just to learn some more French and got a glimpse of a possible future shell. During our two years in DR Congo, Rita worked in a mission hospital maternity, and I taught biology, physics, and art in their high school. And we had our first child, Joshua Kalubi. At the end of our term with our briefing with MCC, they offered me a deal to support one year of graduate studies if we would sign up for another term of service. We took the deal. I studied tropical medicine and public health at Johns Hopkins, and we graduated into a new shell. Our second term in Congo was at Vanga Mission Hospital, where I helped develop outreach services for prenatal care, vaccination programs, well baby clinics, and village sanitation. We encourage collaboration with the local government and Catholic health facilities and develop Vanga as a model health zone, a hospital surrounded by and coordinated with local health facilities to serve a population of 100,000 people. By the end of our term, there were a handful of model health zones across Congo. And we were blessed with the arrival of our daughter, Jennifer. But upon concluding seven years with MCC, 
We headed to Tulane University where I began a doctoral program in international health. Just as I was finishing that program, I got a call from the U.S. Agency for International Development in Kinshasa asking if I would return to Congo to manage a national project to create 50 health zones. For the next 10 years, I managed a project called SANRU, Santé Rurale, or Rural Health. That project encouraged collaboration between church hospitals and government hospitals for the bottom-up development of health zones. Eventually, 300 health zones were created to cover the country of DR Congo. Congo is as big as the United States east of the Mississippi. My shell size increased considerably along with the arrival of our third child, Julia. Unfortunately, in 1991, general instability in Congo, combined with sudden riots and looting in Kinshasa, closed almost all projects and compelled our evacuation from Congo. Suddenly, I was shellless. Now, a basic principle among hermit crabs is don't abandon your current shell before lining up the next one. <laughs> I quickly adopted the shell of Bear Tracks as an independent consultant and thankfully found considerable demand for my services. Since 1991, I've made more than 100 consulting trips to design, implement, and evaluate primary health care systems and projects. My shell now even matches the shape of Africa. I'm thankful for Goshen's environment, professors, and courses that contributed to my career. In conclusion, I'd encourage you all to look closely, work inductively, and think creatively like a hermit crab. Thank you. Good morning. You know, uh, when I was a student here, I did everything I could to avoid these convocations. They felt like torture. <laughs> and, and don't fact check me on this, but we used to do it at 4.30 in the morning because it was good for the soul. Uh, when I graduated in 91, the world was going through a very interesting inflection point. Um, the Iron Curtain was falling, the Cold War was coming to an end. Um, democracy seemed to be on the march. Um, a lot of countries that seemed to be trapped in intergenerational poverty, Brazil, India, China, were starting to move hundreds of millions of people out of poverty. Southeast Asian uh, economic tigers were permanently moving into the class of middle-income countries. Apartheid was coming to an end in South Africa. There was talk of Nelson Mandela being set free from prison. And uh, a certain politician named Al Gore gave the world this thing called the internet. <laughs> the universe was full of 
possibilities and opportunities. In my generation, Gen X, we seized that opportunity with both hands. Um, we made sure that we permanently curbed the excesses of capitalism and there was permanent economic equity throughout the world. <laughs> we made sure that gender equity actually happened and that women were paid as much as men and men stood up and did the work they were supposed to do. We made sure that human rights was enshrined not just in legislation but in practice. Oh, and the Kyoto Protocol. We recognized the early signs of global warming and stopped climate change in its tracks. <laughs> and and uh, a small number of scientists, um, we had figured out the, the risk of zoonotic viruses transmitting by humans, and you know, we didn't want to recreate what happened in 1918, and we made sure there was never ever going to be a pandemic ever again. <laughs> so, and we did that all because you know, in our generosity, Gen X, we wanted to give this generation, Gen Z, we want you to, to, you to kick back, relax, and enjoy the fruits of our, our labor. <laughs> um, the, maybe we left just a little bit for you to do. Um, the, I guess I'd like to think this is not because we were a completely pointless generation. That distinction I leave to the millennials. Sorry. Um, but I worry that it is a symptom of a much broader human problem. Now, humans, no matter what we say and no matter what we claim, I worry that the one thing we are capable of is profound indifference. Now, we, we, are, we are obviously capable of episodic outrage, passion, but at the end of the day, we resign ourselves to a comfort zone the exuberance of youth gets lost in the, in the inertia of midlife. And then we get old, and we believe we're too old to change anything. And we turn over the reins to the next generation. You know, we talk about the 1%, right? The 1% taking the world to hell, and I should use that word very carefully where I'm standing. Um, if you look at the professions of people doing disproportionate good, kind of add up to one person to the other end of the spectrum. So you've got one person here, one person there. So the question is, what about the 98% in the middle? Do we have a 1% problem? I actually think we have a 98% problem. And that's where I think the values we learn at Goshen teach us something. The higher mentioned that seed that is planted here. Um, moral compass, to do what is right, no matter what the cost is. What would Jesus do? We're supposed to do what he does, he does. Not take his name or her name or their name, whatever God we worship. Um, certainly, not in vain and, and not for the hatred and bigotry we see around us. And I must say that that seed helped me grow into a proper human being. I'm not proud of the person I was here as a student, but every year I've um, tried to come closer to the ideal that um, I'm sure Goshen hoped I would work towards. 
Um, you know, I, I came as a, as a kid from Calcutta without much hope. Uh, the, the scholarship that Goshen provided uh, made me hopefully closer to the global citizen I always wanted to be. So in that spirit, I am proud and delighted to introduce um, a new thing I'm working with, with Becky and, and Dan to create a, a global citizen scholarship for seniors who are able to demonstrate over the course of their tenure here their ability to carry their disproportionate share of the world's burdens. Um, this award means a lot. I will someday try to earn it. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to, uh, for sharing your amazing life stories and the, the impact that Goshen College had on you. I just want to note that the Champion, uh, Champions of Character awardees will be speaking tomorrow at a special um, a meeting or ceremony at noon in the church fellowship halls, and you're all welcome to come to that. It's such an honor to be involved in an event like this, and among the people who have, among, to be among people who have done so much to live out our institutional values and who have served with such distinction here, in their home communities, and around the world. You're all invited to a reception in their honor immediately following the convocation in the fellowship halls. At this time, I'm going to invite Dr. Scott Hostetler, class of 97, to lead us in singing the Goshen College alma mater. The words can be found in your programs, and I believe they'll be on the screen as well. you to stand. There's a spot in Indiana where the leafy maple grows. Tis our dear beloved city where the Elkhart River flows. Tis a spot we love most dear, tis a spot we'll cherish long after youth and strength have faded and the world has heard our song. Goshen College ever singing to our motto will be true. Honor to our master sacred college halls more junior senior answer I when duty calls all our talents mark for service and our hearts beat warm and true ever lead us onward upward ever shall our strength renew Goshen College ever see our motto will be true. Honor to our master bringing all of our motto we love you. One more verse. 
And the lasting ties of friendship woven through with hopes and fears, may they ne'er be broken asunder in the distant coming years. Though our future paths may lead us to heights we cannot see, Alma Mater, ere we leave you, loyalty we pledge to Honor to 